the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, this station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. Welcome you to another Monday edition of Lifeline. So glad to be with you this Monday, January 16th, 2023. The number to reach yours truly is 1 888 3675 329. 1 3675 329. Glad to be with you as I stated on this Monday evening. Um, the last two weeks has been, uh, I would say, somewhat a deluge of rain, but I think it's also necessary. I don't know anyone that's really complaining about it, but uh, yeah, quite a bit of water. Um, and I hope you guys are all right. The floods are challenging our roads and, and our hillsides and in and, and, and our homes as well. I have a number of, of, of members of Grace and Hayward who are dealing with flooding in their homes. And so uh, while we... We need the rain. We want the rain. We don't want to be so um, discomforted that we are dealing with major, major home repairs. So uh, we'll we'll pray to that end. But again, glad to have you with me. Now, you can take the number. You know, we're going to be getting into it here in a moment. I um I'm thankful, as David said, this is the day that the Lord has made. I uh, have arisen to a, another hopeful journey in my my walk in life. I am not unclear on my calling. I am not uh, confused about my gifting. I am absolutely committed to the same things that freedom-loving, truth-loving, God-loving people are committed to, and that is the um, preservation of our constitutional rights as men and women in a country that is supposed to be the freest uh, nation in the world. Um, but I, I challenge that presupposition more and more every day, and you should as well. Um, we have to be committed to truth. There's a, a tension going on. It's a conflict of powers. I talked about this uh, last Saturday, this previous Saturday at the Valley Bible uh, Church in Hercules men's breakfast, by the way, it was a outstanding uh, event. Um, I would say so myself. We had a fabulous turnout of men who weathered the water, weathered the rain and and came out to hear the word first thing in the morning. Good breakfast. The ladies were um, um, thoroughly gifted in preparing for us breakfast. And my my message came out of John chapter one, uh, John chapter nine, verses one through forty one. And I told you this last week. I preached on the work of Christ is the opening uh, opening of the eyes of the blind. The work of Christ is the opening of the eyes of the blind. That's what all. Um, all of the people of God are called to in one way or the other to facilitate 
in the opening of the eyes of the blind. I dealt with four levels of blindness. First, physical blindness. Messiah came to affirm his sonship as God, and he did that by infallible miracles and works that uh, that none could refute, none could deny, none could ignore. And he opened the eyes of a blind man who was born blind. That was obvious, but that was merely a sign, one of the seven sign wonders that Jesus performed. And he did that in order that he might draw attention to a real spiritual blindness. The second level of spiritual blindness we talked about was ecclesiastical spiritual blindness or institutional spiritual blindness. And that is the blindness of institutions and organizations and governments and corporations and powers to think that they have absolute control and authority over people's lives, even to the point of forbidding them to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a blind man who was healed by Jesus that sparked and generated a debate by the rulers who questioned that blind man as to who and how it was that opened his eyes. We dealt with the fact that over time, almost all secular powers as I will be talking about today. All secular powers will take on a religious disposition ideologically and think that it has the right to dominate people's lives and control them and tell them what they should believe and what they should not. And Jesus exposed the criminal element in this diabolical ecclesiastical system called the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the high priest and showed them that they were blind to God's glory and unable to comprehend his work. There was a third category of blindness, and I call that religious blindness, where some people who profess to be believers will be blind to what they see is maybe a threat to them, like this blind man's mother and father. They were willing to throw their son under the bus because Jesus healed him and because the rulers of the church had told everybody in the church, if you believe on Jesus, we're going to kick you out the church. And that boy's mama and daddy was willing to lie about them knowing that Jesus was the one that healed him. This is what you and I are dealing with today. Blindness on the part of our leaders and blindness on the part of people who capitulate to power, who submit to godless, pagan, imperial, demonic, neo-Marxist, neo-socialist, neo-liberal, anti-God systems of authority. And that's where we are today. We This is why people hate them. This is why governments don't want you to have your Bible. Your Bible maps onto everything going on in the world. Can you imagine being a mom and a daddy, having a child that was healed by Jesus, and then be told that if you tell it out loud, if you put it on Twitter, if you put it on Facebook, if you put it on TikTok, if you put it on major media outlets, you're going to get kicked out of the church. And then you 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 push your own boy out there because guess what? He ended up getting kicked out of the church. And then we dealt with the fourth and final blindness is called spiritual blindness. When you don't see God in the person of Christ, you are blind. 
and your allegiance will be to any and every whim out there that will exercise and usurp authority over you when God should be having the rule in your life. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what we're dealing with today. We're dealing with a battle between truth and power, between the liberated man under God and the Marxist system under Satan. And today, one of our prominent, prominent spokespersons in pursuit of that truth is being uh, confronted now by what we would called the neo-secular uh, 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 inquisitional system that is on the par with uh, not only uh, the Nazi SS, but also the old Roman Catholic Church with its inquisitions wanting to punish people when they didn't follow their protocol as to what is true and what is right. Happens to be Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. Jordan B. Peterson, a present-day giant in the media discourse of fact-checking, truth-seeking, in multiple fields of serious interest is now on the hot seat with the Canadian Board of Psychology, some college threatening to take his license away simply because he has spoken against their narrative and mostly because tens of millions of people are following him. You see, you can be like me. I can speak behind the microphone as a canary in the coal mine. They're not going to mess with me because I'm only speaking to a few thousand people. But if I were speaking to tens of millions, I guarantee you, not only would Newsom, but every other local authority would be trying to shut me down, get me in trouble, entrap me, uh, put me in jail, make me a criminal. This is the policy that just got signed into law concerning doctors not having a right to tell the absolute truth about the potential harm of vaccines. And ain't nobody saying anything about it. That's because we live in a culture that has been trained to be controlled by pseudo uh, usurpating authorities. And we are headed down a bad path. Now, I really enjoy Jordan Peterson's strategy. I love his strategy. Rather than cower and submit and go into a corner, which is what they want you to do. His strategy is to expose every step throughout what they are trying to do to him in every media platform he can. His strategy is to expose him on YouTube, to expose him on uh, Twitter, to expose him on all the platforms. And again, I told you, he's dealing with 60 million people listening to him every day. He's larger, more influential than all of these little rogue uh, uh, inquisitional authority groups that are rising up. I told you about Miss Meryl Nasa a couple months ago, the very uh, professor and scientist who back in the early 2000s was able to be used by the government to expose the inside job of American biowarfare with anthrax. She knew that the anthrax wasn't coming from another country, that it was happening inside our own country by our own institutions, and she exposed it. But back at that time, you guys, the government uh, didn't have absolute control over the media like it does today, and the media was doing its job because that was the narrative back in that day. Do y'all remember the narrative back in the day that it was the Muslims, it was the Islamist terrorists, it was, you know, bin Laden and all those guys that were sending over anthrax, and she looked at it and said no. No, 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 no. This is happening in our own country. There ain't nothing new under the sun. God always raises up prophets among the people to help the people see that the real culprit is not some foreign power, nine times out of ten. 
It's the powers right around the corner from which we live. There's a whole lot more to talk about here on this Monday edition of Lifeline. And you and I need to arise, move and go. We need to wake up for real and make sure we're in a proper position to understand what truth is and how to communicate that truth. Because we're called to be prophets and priests and not to hide our head in the sand in the name of comfort and convenience, because there's a lot going on in our world. one 367 5329 one I got a lot to say. 5329, I've got a lot to say. I'll be right back in, after this break. And now, back to Lifeline. We indeed are back. The time is... 521. I've got three lines open on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I want to get the lines full before we have conversation. And I'd love to get some new callers as well. Just it's 2023. And so I'm not a lot of you listen. I hear it frequently. Uh, but you don't call. Let's get some new callers. But I do. I don't mind my old old callers as well. Let's, let's get a couple of new callers this year. Just make that your New Year's resolution to call PJ at this time. Now, let me repeat my thesis I gave to you last week because it's just important for you to know why I am compelled to do what I do. My God tells me in Exodus 22 and 21 that I am not to be a respecter of persons. I am not to pervert judgment. I am not to respect the rich over the poor. I'm not to respect the black over the white. In other words, I'm not to be a, I'm not to be a woke preacher or a woke prophet. I am not to uh, generate uh, discrimination between the ethnic groups. I am not to call for some ethnic groups to be punished and others to live and prosper. I do not believe in diversity, equity and inclusion as being just and righteous. I believe that it is a wicked machination to simply keep people divided and at odds with each other. I believe it is a fundamental scheme of Satan that constantly works with people who are not grounded in two realities. The fact that they're created in the image of God. And the fact that God causes each and every one of us to prosper when we serve him. We do not need to prosper on the backs of taking something from someone else. The other reality here is that the government loves to play this three card molly, this switch and bait of uh, getting you uh, stirred up and uh, instigating and provoking in you the low moral attitude of jealousy against somebody else. So we got all kind of people mad and angry like Cain at what they think are injustices against them. And it's a distraction from you prospering because you would simply prosper if you walked with God and asked God to show you what your gifts are and employ your gifts in the area of serving people and then knowing how to give from what God gives you. You would you would prosper. You would be at greater levels of peace. You would be at greater levels of self-harmony, self-unity, self-integration if you stop walking around angry about what you don't have and, and give God the glory for what you do and then have, have him to help you in the areas that you don't have. Now, here's my thesis. As God said in Exodus 21, verse two, you shall not follow a multitude to do evil. Your power doesn't come in the fact that thousands or millions of people agree with you. And it certainly doesn't come in the fact that you agree with millions of people. And you certainly are not in the pathway of the prophets and the faithful saints 
because you agree with your government or agree with the medical institution or the educational institution or the political or the military, because I told you these governments, the military institution, the medical, the media, educational, entertainment institution and the Western religious institutions are all lab dogs today of this neo-Marxist agenda. It's really sad to see, but it's amazing because the the tide has turned. Whereas we used to be able to see the enemy operating in overt Marxist uh, tactics, all of those tactics have submerged into beast one and beast two. You guys know what I'm talking about, politics and religion. So today your poli- your political policies are nothing but religious, uh, religious uh, um policies that are dominating people and punishing them for heresy. This is a neo-Catholic, neo-Marxist, neo-Hitlerian inquisition against people that do not follow the mainstream narrative. So yes, uh, 1984 is alive and well. Uh, uh, the brave new world is alive and well. Those guys were very prescient and they're warning you about what's going on. You and I are dealing with a military bio uh, sensory security state operation today. This is why so many people in the middle in the uh, um, in the military, as well as the medical industry are crying out. And we need to see it in our, our political institutions as well. It's an absolute shame. When somebody is simply raising questions about the foolishness that's going on in our institutions is now going to be targeted out like Miss, like I told you, Miss Meryl Nasa. She's so old that I, I'm sure she was around during the uh, Nazi uh, extermination uh, agenda, the genocidal agenda against the Jews and the mass massacre of some uh, 10,000, 10 million other people as well. I'm sure she was around and I'm sure she's just absolutely appalled at how that stuff has infiltrated our country. I watched four or five uh, Holocaust survivor uh, presentations recently. I shared them with my my uh, my uh, email team. About 150, 180 people uh, follow me on the email, and we all watched them. And I raised the question: How does a Holocaust of the nature of tens of millions of people take place around the world, and folks don't even know it? The only reason a Holocaust could happen is because people don't believe that it could. It was clear the Jewish people who survived the Holocaust said the reason why it happened to us is because people did not want to believe it when folks were saying, hey, our government is punishing us, is taking our property, is taking our jobs, is taking our homes, is taking our husbands, is taking the best of our our leaders, is taking them and they're disappearing. And people didn't want to believe it until they saw the Nazi military driving down the street. They took their businesses they made the people poor. They put them in ghettos. They they put yellow stripes on their clothing. They put them in concentration camps. Same thing. This is what's being built for you right now. Have you heard about the 15-minute city? Have you heard about the 15-minute city where people will be putting put in clusters of living quarters where everything you need is within 15 minutes? You won't be able to drive outside of these domains, outside of these regions. They're being set up as you and I speak. You can go check it out for yourself. I, I tell you things before they happen so you can know they happen. Like our master said, these things I'm telling you so that when they do occur, you might believe. 
But this stuff is happening again. This is what the Bible meant. Nothing new under the sun. That which has been will be. And that which has been, even that has already been. And we are dealing with it today. The problem is lots of people didn't want to believe it back three years ago when it first started. The propaganda. The lies. And that's how the uh, whole thing with regards to the Holocaust occurred, because Hitler was spewing out propaganda about sickness and disease. And his, too, was a medical centered propaganda agenda trying to wipe out diseases, wipe out communities that he felt and determined were uh, unworthy of existence. This is called eugenics, ladies and gentlemen, and the same people that were bankrolling those things then are bankrolling it now today. Look it up. You and I are dealing with a deja vu. And you know where else we're dealing with? We're dealing with institutions that should know better. Uh, We're dealing with people who should understand what it means to be lied to and controlled, dominated, manipulated, propagandized and demoralized. We should know. I'm not gonna continue carping on black people, but black people ought to know. And we don't. We're just as ignorant as a goose in a snowstorm. And the Jews, this is what the survivors would say. They were amazed at how their own Jewish brethren did not know and did not care to know. And in many cases, their own Jewish brethren turned them in, sold them out. They did a Judas on them. See, he that does not remember history is bound to repeat it again. This is what I'm talking about when I talk about ecclesiastical blindness, institutional blindness, governmental blindness, media blindness. You and I are dealing with it today and folks don't care. They don't care. This is what you're dealing with and you're going to have to wake up to it because in a minute it's going to come close to home and then you're going to say, what you going to do? What we going to do now? And and, and, and and this is what I love about Jordan B. Peterson. He's not collapsing. You know what he's doing? He's making he's making it public. He's making it loud. He's causing everybody to hear about it because in Canada, they're, fur, they're much further down the line than we are in America. By the way, the UK and Canada is much further down the line towards a totality uh, governmental rule over their people than ours. Remember our dear sister who used to call us from Canada during this whole COVID shutdown thing and how she was saying they locked them in their houses. They wouldn't let them go out. They wouldn't let them take walks. They would punish them if they went to the parks. But see, you don't see that here. You don't see that here because a lot of us were were already screaming and and refusing because the way you stop bullies is just you just don't let them bully you. (laughs) That's you can do that to a government. If we all just just went outside and just said no, went to our authorities and said, sorry, we're not we're not complying with you. It would get shut down in a nanosecond. Now, I don't think so, because they got technology today. You do know that where they can really make it hard for us to protest. But I think that if we don't actually hear the lesson learned by our Jewish brethren who survived it, and the big big thing they said is, you can't wait too late. There's a point in time when it's too late. one 367 two lines open. one 367 yeah, two lines open. If you want to call me, I'm going to take a break, pay some bills. When I come back, chat a little bit more, and then I'll open the phone lines on this Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We're back. The time is 535 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Three lines open. One, 
888-367-5329. Did you hear that commercial that just pre, uh, preceded uh, my return? It was called Super Spreader. That's a, a Salem uh, Salem broadcast uh, a project. Salem is doing movies now. They're doing uh, they're doing projects like uh, Uncle Tom One, Uncle Tom Two, and many others. And they're all very good. I've I watched them. I'm going to watch Super Spreader probably tomorrow. But did you hear how the Super Spreader was talking about how um, these unjust and ungodly policies that have been going on for three years has forced uh, people to come out and start to uh, work in groves to expose this is exactly what I was saying. I think, you know, they're, they're talking about, you know, an opportunity for the gospel to be spread. They're about two and a half years late, but better late than never. Right. Better late than never. So maybe indeed we will see some traction. Now, factually, what I do know is that there have been hundreds of thousands and millions of people all over the world protesting against every step of this uh, this uh, covid agenda. Millions of people in in the UK, millions of people in Canada, millions of people in America, you guys know that, have been protesting. This is why we have been able to stave it off up to this point. Um, But your media has not been complicit with the people on the ground. And this is one of the Marxist tactics of Hitler as well. And I would also say uh, our own government, if you understand Operation Paperclip and the uh, Operation Mockingbird, how they infiltrate our media and control what the media says. Now, you guys have seen this with Twitter. Twitter has opened up the files and you know factually now that the Biden administration intentionally forced Twitter to shut down any kind of narrative that would challenge or expose the COVID agenda. And uh, you're hearing some outstanding stuff about how Fauci and uh, and his boys uh, engaged in manipulation of data and uh, corruption of uh, of 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 those who were in actual power that uh, wanted to warn about what we were doing and trying to accelerate uh, a so-called vaccine before actually doing the trials, which is the right thing to do. But all that's coming out now. When those men were under oath and in Washington lying about it, why I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, by nature, all men are liars. You can't trust your government. You have to test them. You have to prove them. And you've got good legal institutions doing just that. I'm so happy about that. So happy about that, because as our um, our Holocaust survivor brothers and sisters said, after a certain threshold, um, when the wicked are in power at a certain threshold, it doesn't matter how loud you scream. No one significant can hear you. This is why it has to be done now. Um, we can go into the streets. We can go into our local judiciary. We can deal with our school boards. We can deal with it at the legal political level. And it should be. This is your constitutional right. And you need to deal with it. But we need to occupy those positions. If we got blinded, irreverent, ungodly people in those positions, they have to be removed from those positions. It is not appropriate for society to be governed by wicked men. Um, whether they are religious or not. It is not appropriate for society to be governed by wicked men. Wicked men will punish you in order to maintain power. We have seen the confiscation of wealth at a level we have never seen before. 
They make a vial of this so-called COVID-19 vaccine. It's not a vaccine. It's a gene therapy product. You know that. It's nowhere near close to a vaccine. And it costs them about 2 to $8. Guess what they're selling it for? $50 a vial. In some places, 100. And our government has cahoots with uh, Big Pharma, particularly Pfizer and Moderna, to uh, mitigate any country that would try to make a knockoff in order for them to save money. Did you know that? Of course you did, because you don't you're not listening to the news that would tell you those things. And so you what's happening while some people are trying to make a stir about it is that they're they're increasing in greater and greater wealth. And we are experiencing more and more poverty and the gap between the rich and poor is becoming more and more massive. And at a certain point, as it was in the days when Hitler came along, uh, when Hitler came along, he made sure that he was in positions of power with the medical industry, with the banking industry, with the housing industry, with the schools. And the next thing people knew, good people were out. Uh, bad people were in. People lost their homes. They lost their jobs. They were forced to move into ghettos and did all hell broke out. Those same mechanisms are working right now while you and I speak. I can tell you that for a real fact. It is happening. And one day soon, as Klaus Schwab said, you will own nothing. That means living in a ghetto and you'll be happy about it. That's because they'll be giving you all kind of dope and drugs that will make you so loony that you don't care. All right. Let me go to line number one and talk with Dave from Oakland. Line number one and talk with Dave from Oakland. Dave, are you there? Hey, Pastor Jesse. How's it going? I'm great, man. What you up to? Yeah, I, I've been needing to talk to you because I've been trying to I need to guess to get that email because I've been dealing with some stuff and I've been trying to get your take on it. OK. How, how, you, so what? Don't you, you have my email? No, I I only got the GBC one. I, I think your old one I, is, is you updated it. No, it's GBC Hayward. GBC uh, Hayward. That's your church. GBC Hayward yeah. at gmail dot com. If you if you email me, I will download you all of the recent excellent uh, interviews and uh, and data. And uh, and and uh, uh, programs that are keeping us up to date in real time about what's now starting to come out. You know that. So if you want it, you just email me gbchayward at gmail dot com. And right now I'm dealing with the Holocaust survivors testimonies because I'm learning that what they went through, we're starting to go through now. And uh, don't nobody want to talk about it. But then also some other very masterful presentations I'll send out. So what's your what's your thoughts, man? What's your what's your what's your what's your dilemma or observation that you want to chat about? Have you ever heard of like the paradigm like um, king, king and priestess? What's that? I didn't get those three. King, king and priestess, basically, like it's like some some are called to be kings in the kingdom, and some are called priests to be called priests in the kingdom. Have you ever heard that paradigm? Uh, uh, who who's teaching that? Because this sounds like an old model of um, the fivefold ministry of Ephesians four. Who's talking like that? It's something I heard a, a long a while ago, but the only reason why I bring it up is because, um, so, you know, our model is uh, a rise and go, right? Yeah, a rise, that's, move, and go. 
rise, move, and go. So uh, about last year, maybe really 2019, but last year I really got deep into doing like stand-up comedy, right? Okay, okay, cool. Um, but so the, my issue, the issue is, is you know when we start talking about that theme, uh, you know, beginning of this year and a little bit last year, um, it really kind of gut checked me. Um, because I want to be, I really want to be a servant of the kingdom this year. Right. And I'm kind of stuck in that hard place because, you know, I don't want my dream, chasing my dream to be a stand up com- comedy, make me, you know, uh, lust after the things of the world or not even lust after the things of the world, but put in my, my, my dream before what the kingdom needs. And so I kind of took a step back, you know, uh, because last year I was really going hard trying to push towards that, towards that dream. But now I'm like, I don't know what, I don't know if that's what God wants from me as, as, and as should I be focused more on trying to build the kingdom and then, you know, the way I rationalized it was like, well, if I do make a way in this lane, I can draw more people into, uh, you know, to me and then and then tell them about the kingdom because uh, I would have a bigger platform. But there's so much trapping in the world for, for, for believers to get caught up in. I don't want to get caught up in you know, things that may distract me. from Absolutely. The but I'm going to tell you something. This is the challenge of a rise, move and go at the evangelical level. It, it has to be done. It should be done in every facet of life. You know, you've heard me say that this is why your engine is starting to rev. So I'm going to come back from the break and I'm going to, you know, talk to you about how some of us are doing music We just did a a full show um, last week at at Yoshi's, sold it out. The presentation was hot by one of our sisters. We're going to be doing that a couple more times this year. Comedy is a critically important way by which you can build a community that can hear things said in ways in which it can open their eyes. But you definitely got to be gifted at it. Let me let me come back after the break and we'll talk about that in a minute. This is Monday edition of Lifeline. one 367 We'll talk about the gospel and comedy when we come back. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We're back 10 minutes for this segment and then we will have an all hour to continue conversation and dialogue um, after this hour is up here in 10 minutes in this last segment. Dave, I'm on line number one with Dave from Oakland. Dave, let me make some observations first. We, we live in a system today in a developed society, but this is true throughout time. <clears throat> We've largely divided uh, every kind of occupation or vocation into two categories. One, science. And the other is art. And this is where we get our principle of hermeneutics for preaching as well. The art and science of preaching. So, you know, you've been in our classes, you've heard 
um, how that goes. You actually observe it every time I teach and preach. I am scientific at the level of uh, academic exposition of the scriptures. I am artful at the level of the charisma or the proclamation of it in a fashion that allows people to be attracted to it. It is the expression side of the discipline of the study and structure and then presentation mode. Um, in our world, <clears throat> in the academic fields of, of, of science, STEM science, you know, technology science, you know, uh, math, economy, things of that nature, when we're dealing with those fields, biology, uh, physics, etc., those are considered high science fields. There's an art form to them, but not as significantly as when we move into the larger side of the art world, entertainment, uh, movies, uh, uh, you know, paintings, uh, developing things. And you are looking at the art side of comedy. Our world has always had comedians and the really gifted comedians are probably some of the most effective persons at communicating truth in a way in which people are forced to hear it. Uh, even truth, hard truth that they would reject um, uh, in a more uh, sterile and straightforward prop propagational way. And so when you ask the question, is this something that one can do? I would say absolutely. Uh, there have been some magnificent, uh, brilliant, insightful men and women who have told the truth under the color of art in the context of comedy. <clears throat> uh, the the, the uh, court gesture has been often used by the king's and the aristocrats to be entertained. And often uh, those court gestures would find themselves in the twin task of art and science, telling the truth politically, telling the truth sociologically, psychologically, and in many cases, uh, theologically. Um, we have a, a field of, of um, <clears throat> interest in our world called Christian comedians. I'm sure you heard about it. I don't particularly think that that um, is a developed uh, uh, institution. I mean, because I've listened to a few of them and they just are not that good to me, but I probably need to go back and dig in a little bit more because <clears throat> some of them can be good. The The problem with Christian comedy, if you're not careful, is that can be way more comedy than it can be content. And you, you know that. So it's a balance between a comedy that is not corrupt, corrosive, pervert, perverse, and then silly to the point where people don't take truth seriously and a kind of comedy that allows you to experience the blessing of humor, but at the same time, draw you into a commitment and allegiance to the truth. Now, for me, uh, people that will borderline on that will be people like Dave Chappelle um, and a few others. I consider them secular prophetic uh, um, uh, comedians because they will push the envelope in, in telling the truth uh, on political and social issues that are extremely important. He's not religious in the sense that he's not Christian. He professes sometimes to be Muslim, but I doubt it very seriously. He will lean into calling himself kind of Jewish, but all those categories are, are calculated to make sure his money continues to come in. But nevertheless, he will push the line in telling certain truths 
truths that are legitimate bridges to gospel propagation. So um, I actually am an advocate of that if one has that gift, but you got to be careful how to straddle that line. I'm going to give you the last word on that. Yeah, so that was they, that was my concern because, uh, like you said, there's a lot of more comedy in the in uh, in actual the teaching, uh, and and I, I try to bring that side of it in my comedy, but you know the the thing that bothers me is so much darkness in that in that entertain, entertainment business. Sometimes I wonder if. If, if anyone is truly saved. Uh, yeah, here, here, okay, so let's stop right there because that, see, so a couple things are going on that I worry about with that, but it, I get it. I really do. Uh, you know, one of my bucket lists, I'm pushing some music right now and I'm looking forward to seeing the blessing of it. And you, you try to stay within a genre of people that you know can hear you and uh, and and can actually um edify you. Uh, whenever you're doing anything by way of art and science, you need to have a constituency of people that support you. You don't need adversaries. That, that doesn't help you get over any hurdles. Um, and particularly in comedy, you know you can get shredded by the audience <laughs> in comedy. They can, they can make you want to go hide in a hole or kill yourself. But you have to know what, you have to know what you are called to. You have to know your parameters. You have to know your strength. You have to know how, like I know what my strength is, David, in preaching. I'm prophetic. Uh, I, I'm older now, so I have a, a little bit of, of uh, brevity and I can come from different sort of um, characterological angles. I can be uh, a bit humorous, etc. I can be a little bit savvy, but my strength is prophetic. This is how God has sustained me for all these years. So when you listen to PJ, you know you might as well strap your seatbelt on because he's going to be tagging at it in a minute. So even though we're enjoying what he's saying in a minute, the spirit is going to be pushing into the issue issues of rebellion and disobedience to the gospel. Uh, and I, I know that's my strong point. So I'm not your, your typical laissez-faire, emotional, uh, appealing preacher, as you as you would know. And it would be the same thing with, with comedy. There are really good co- uh, comedians who are edgy, 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 but people want to be put on the edge. They want to be put on the edge. They really do. They want to see the razor thin line between uh, fallacy, deception, and truth. They want to be challenged at being able to unravel the conundrum. So, and then here's the other thing about it: you are you are in the dark place. You are in the dark places. That's that's where we have to go. We have to go where they are. But we have to have our spiritual hazmat suits on. You know that because they're going to be spewing out venom, too. And you're going to be seeing raunchy stuff that your eyes really are not supposed to be watching. You're going to be seeing paganism and and debauchery around you. But you have to be extremely missional. You have to be clear that your job is to be in there to be a mode of sanctification, a, a mechanism of revelation. Our job is salt, preserving communities, not corrupting communities. Our job is light, informing, bringing revelation, because there's always somebody in those dark communities that are really trying to come out. I'm going to tell you a story. It just happened this Sunday. Amazing. I have been uh, doing some work in our church over the last couple, two or three months. And I saw this lady who, um, who's, who's been walking the streets and she's, uh, 
she's a dope fiend, an alcoholic, right? And uh, I knew who she was. She didn't know who I was. And she'd be at a particular place where I'd go and pick up food for my musicians at the church. And she'd ask for money. And uh, I, you know, I look like any brother on the street, as you know. And you know, I wear, I don't, I, I'm not wearing a collar. I'm not wearing any kind of religious garb. So she would say from time to time when she asked for money, you look like somebody I know. I would never tell her who I was. I would never tell her. And uh, but I'd give her five dollars here and five dollars there, et cetera, because I just I just would do that and pray for her. And then this just recently, Dave, listen to me now, because this is important to your calling. Um, just recently, last time she was out at the spot where I was, another sister from another church was talking to her and she was getting at that sister. And uh, that sister was trying to tell her she need to go in and get cleaned up and all that. And she was saying, yeah, 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 yeah. I already told her that. And so, uh, you know, we helped her out financially. And then we prayed for her. that sister prayed. And I affirmed her in that prayer. And guess what? This girl walking the street, skin and bones like she'd been smoking crack 24 seven was sitting in our church this Sunday, two rows in front of me. And I'm saying, look at God. This is where you patiently keep doing what you're doing and trusting that your opportunity to communicate the gospel will penetrate a person's life. And the next thing you know, they're moving toward the light of truth because they're in such dark places. As you know, Dave, God goes where they are because they can't come where we are until God gives them an incline to move in that direction. And so in the clubs and the places where you're doing comedy, there's perversion all around. You need a support team when you're there. You got to have some brothers and sisters that are on your side, that know how to navigate that community, that know how to get in there and deal with people and know how to bring the gospel. Be sensitive to the individual that needs to hear that message of redemption, because many of them are straddling the fence, even those that come to grace. You know that a lot of them are straddling those different dark communities and still coming to hear the word. This is all the Lord's doing. We don't know who the elect are. We only know uh, that without the preaching of the gospel, Gospel, men and women will be lost and the gospel is to be taken to them. We don't just wait for folk to come to church. You take it to them. So I want you to pray about that, because if the Lord's word to you this year is arise, move and go. I know your family, you know that you talk this through with your wife. Try to be on the same page with her because it doesn't work for her to be out of line uh, and pray about it and get you a team of dudes that that know something about that genre um, and, and, and just, you know, put your feet in the water a little here, a little there and ask God to bless it. And, uh, you know, get back with me on that. Let me know what 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 you think about that. But I certainly affirm that we need to go in all of them, the highways, the byways, the dark places, the the skin row, every place we need to be there sharing the word of the kingdom of God in every modality of uh, rhetoric and communication we possibly could. Bless you, boy. Got to take a hard break when I come back. The lines are full now. We'll catch you, Audie. We'll catch you, Gloria. We'll catch you, Wendy, on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.